Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today you're joining us for our recap and discussion of The Kingdom of Copper, book two in the Davabad trilogy by S.A. Chakraborty. Wow. We got a trilogy on our hands, Chad. We do indeed. We're we're getting into some meat here. Yeah, I got to the end and I was just like, huh, oh my God. Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> this book was pretty slow for a little while, but wow, what an ending. Like, excellent culmination of events here that really sets quite a bit up for a lengthy final volume in this trilogy. An exciting final volume. Yeah. I'm still a little shaky on exactly who has what allegiance and what slights were done to each faction here, but I think I'm getting it. Like the appendix helped a lot. A lot. I definitely have some favorites and I definitely have some like hmm, eyebrows arched in the directions of some people. But yeah, of every party, there is members of it that are good and also members of it that are bad. So it's like, I'm not really sure which side I'm on, but there's definitely a few people that I'm like behind, you know? I mean, it reflects a lot of, you know, conflicts around our own planet. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, the farther back you go in history, it, it like it depends on what part of history you're looking at. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, this is all terrible. And then it's like, well, why is that so terrible? And then you look at like 10 years before and it's like, oh, this atrocity was committed. Right. This was horrible. Well, they just kind of committed a pogrom upon yeah, the people. You know, <laughs> and then it's like, well, why did that happen? It's like, oh, because of this thing, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces to these books, but they're really beautifully laid out. And now that everything is moving around on the board that Chakraborty has set up, I'm more excited than ever to watch like whatever happens next. I'm, I'm so dialed into this. After the first book, I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm into this, but this next book, I, I really need some some more oomph out of it. And yeah, it, it gave it to me like with that whole last like thirty percent of this oh book my just gosh did not she let delivered. Up. Yeah, it was just Hardcore. one thing after another, and it was just a lot of action and a lot of reveals and wow. Yeah, I really feel like she kind of shined in this work. She showed us her skills as an author because the book began kind of like you were saying. You know, it kind of was like a it gave us some little loop de loops at the beginning. If this book was a roller coaster ride, and then for the middle chunk, we were just kind of tick tick ticking up the hill yeah and then boy we hit that you know 70 80 percent of the way through the bookmark and dove into chaos awesome land and it was fantastic yeah i'm really excited to get going on this let's uh let's just jump right into the recap let's do it our story picks up quickly after the end of the city of brass with ali traveling across the desert after being forced to leave davabad by his father Ali awakens one night to discover the camp is under attack and desperately flees into the night. He gets away and is found by a Gaziri desert people, who happily take them back to their village called Bir Nabat. His newfound ability to locate springs has brought prosperity to the people, and his renown amongst them grows rapidly. We learn that Nari has been forced to marry Montadir, though she is not forced to consummate the marriage. Dara has been freed of Suleiman's curse and brought back to life by Manizé. Nari's mother. Jin are arriving in Devabad from all over for the big festival Navasatin. Zainib and Nari slip away, and Nari discovers an old Nahid hospital. She meets three ex-slaves who are living there, named Isa, Eshaya, and Razu. Ali is enjoying his new life and is heralded as a savior after discovering new water sources for the people he now lives with. A man claiming to be a distant cousin of his arrives and asks for help crossing the desert to Devabad which Ali refuses. Musa then sabotages a well before leaving, and Ali has to take Musa's salt tax to the city. Newfound friends and protectors Lubaid and Akisa go with him. 
Dara, under Manizé's orders, capture a few Gaziri soldiers and bring them back to camp. Kaveh is there when he returns and Dara apologizes for what he did to Jamshid. Dara, Kaveh, and Manizé argue about whether or not they should keep Nari in the dark, about Jamshid and the fact that Dara is still alive. Nari sees Muntadir kiss Jamshid and learns that her husband is in love with him. She wants to rebuild the Nahid hospital, but Muntadir shuts her down, saying that Ghassan would never agree to it. Dara and Manize meet with Aisma, an Ifrit who tells them that the Marid owed Dara a blood debt, which they may be able to leverage to get themselves and their soldiers across the lake and into Devabad, which they are preparing to take for themselves. Dara threatens the Marid and asks it to help get across the lake surrounding Devabad. He also asks the Marid to destroy a guard tower in the city, which will breach the palace and allow their forces to gain entry. Dara assures the Marid's debt will be repaid should they assist him in this way. Upon his arrival back in Devabad, Ali sees a Gaziri man selling a Shafit family. Angered, he purchases the family with his Zulfikar and reveals himself as the prince. Ghassan sends his soldiers to retrieve Ali. Muntadir is very angry with his overly righteous brother, and Ghassan sends him from the room. He then tells Ali that he must stay in the city seven months until Navasatin is over. Nari has been administering extremely painful healing sessions on Jamshid, trying to cure him of the wounds inflicted by Dara when he fled the city. He is improving, but the progress is slow. Ali finds Nari in her private garden. The conversation does not go well, and she angrily sends him away. Ali finally goes to visit his mother, Hatset, and his sister, Zainid, who are both upset he didn't come see them sooner. They admit to being behind the plot to bring him home, and their anger is dispelled upon learning about Ali's scars and his newfound abilities after falling into the lake. Hatset is determined to help undo whatever it was the Marid in the lake did to her son. A feast is held for the royals to try out various dishes before Navasatim, during which Ali is poisoned and nearly dies, but Nari saves him. Nari decides that Ali owes her, and she ropes him into her plan to rebuild the hospital. Nari and Ali go to see Dr. Subahashani Sen, who is a Shafit who heals her people the human way. She tells her of her plan to rebuild the hospital and asks her to join her. Subha is reluctant and says they need the king's permission before she agrees to help. Dara and Manize learn that Jamshid poisoned Ali as he is in love with Muntadir, who now hates Ali. Ali and Nari pitch the hospital idea to Ghassan. Surprisingly, he agrees, as it looks like a promising way to decrease the growing rift between the city's tribes. Nari also recruits Jamshid, who is no doubt feeling guilty, to train under her and become a doctor. Muntadir doesn't like the idea at all, but Jamshid agrees. Two weeks later, Nari, Ali, and Suba scope out the hospital. Ali hints at something awful having happened there, in addition to the battle where all the Nahid and the Devi Devas died. Dara and crew are planning their attack and pick the second night of Navasatam. Abu Saif attempts to escape their camp. He is caught, but not before killing Mardanai, who Manize can't heal because it is from an unhealable Zulfikar wound. Dara learns about the poison Manize is planning on using at Devabad, as Manize kills Abu Saif with it, needing to test a new version of it. He learns this potion detects Kaziri relics and kills the holder. He is distraught to learn that Manize admits she cannot contain it, and once loosed, it could kill many more than the intended ruling family. 
Dara is distressed that she is willing to potentially kill all the Gaziri in Devabad to get her throne back. Needing him on her side, Manize opens up to Dara and reveals that Jamshid is her son. Montadir takes his cousin Tariq, the slaver, to see Ali for compensation. Ali refuses and causes a scene. Muntadir is now even more upset with Ali and gets drunk. He spitefully refuses to visit the Deva temple with Nari. Ali and Zainab step up and help her convince the temple to support her plan. While Ali is speaking to Ghassan, Kaveh steps in with a crying woman. She says her husband has been killed outside the hospital and there are now riots and fights between the Shafit and the Devas. Ali recognizes this woman as one of Kaveh's employees and tells Ghassan that this is a trick to undermine him and Nari. Muntadir and Ghassan become angry with Ali, who is sent away and told to confine himself to the palace. Ali goes straight to Nari, and together they set out to the hospital to stop the riots. They arrive too late and see that there is dying Shafit everywhere. Nari breaks the code to never heal Shafit and begins to heal them. Ghassan arrives with Kaveh, and all are upset about Nari healing the Shafit. The legend states she was supposed to lose her healing powers if she helped the Shafit, but she demonstrates that this is not true. Ghassan hits Ali and tells him he is to remain in the hospital, while Nari has to remain in the palace. They are not to see one another and have to communicate through a messenger only. Dara discovers his ability to leave his body and take his true form, which is akin to a magical wind that can travel far and wide and visit lands not accessible on the mortal plane of existence. This is apparently a Deva's true form. Navasatam finally arrives, and the hospital is opened. Nari comes across a sleep-deprived and troubled Ali, who has been having nightmares about the Marid coming back. During an archery tournament in the arena, Muntadir and Ali battle it out, after Ali calls Muntadir a coward for not standing up to his father. Muntadir embarrasses Ali. When they leave the arena, they fight in a broom closet. Zainab arrives to break it up, and the siblings discuss their father. Ali says Ghassan shouldn't be ruling, and he wants his siblings' support. Muntadir is upset at his brother's disloyalty, but does reveal that Suleiman's ring is in Ghassan's heart. To get it out, they would have to cut into his heart, surely killing him. During a parade, Nari is attacked by the Shafit. Akasi is there and defends her. The attacking men have guns and bottles of magic fire, which cannot be controlled. Chaos ensues, and Jamshid is hurt by the fire. Nisreen, Nari's instructor and friend, is killed. Nari and Jamshid run into Kaveh as they are fleeing to the infirmary. Kaveh tells them there's something wrong with Muntadir, who's in the temple. They head there, but they're intercepted by the king's soldiers, who take Jamshid away and put Nari and Kaveh in chains. Ali heads to the citadel and decides it's time he'd do something about the horrible reign of his father. Having grown up with the city guards, he gets them to join him in his overthrowing of Ghassan. He then writes and sends a letter to his father outlining the coup and his demands. Ghassan shows up where Nari and Kaveh are imprisoned. He says he has sent Jamshid away, and he has always known that Jamshid was a Nahid. Kaveh and Ghassan argue about Manizeh, as they were both apparently in love with Nari's mother. Ghassan informs Nari that Ali is attempting to overthrow him and provides her with an ultimatum. She must tell Ali to stop or they will kill Jamshid. Nari refuses. 
Tensions are rising, but an upset Kaveh breaks his ring containing Manazay's deadly poison, which kills Ghassan. Muntadir arrives, and Nari, acting quickly, helps him get away. However, the poison cloud is in hot pursuit, until Nari has Muntadir discard his relic. The relic-seeking death cloud then moves on to destroy the rest of the palace's occupants. Nari and Muntadir run to the harem to warn Zainab and the other still-living Gaziris in the palace. As agreed, the Marid bring down the guard tower and the royal guard are plunged into the lake. A bunch of Dara's soldiers are waiting there and begin killing the survivors with the help of the Ifrit schools. Ali displays his fighting prowess and helps a group of them survive. He begins using his new water powers, but is noticed by Dara and the Ifrit from Cairo, Visaresh. Nari and Muntadir warn Zainab, who heads off to warn the other Gaziri. Nari and Muntadir then head back to Gusan's body, as they need Suleiman's seal to give to Muntadir. Nari and Muntadir run across Dara and Visaresh, who is trying to enslave Ali. Ali and Dara fight. Muntadir rushes to his brother's aid and is hit by a Zulfikar. Nari brings the ceiling down on Dara. She and Ali head to Ghassan's body while the dying Muntadir valiantly stays behind to distract Dara by shooting arrows and calling him names. Nari and Ali reach Ghassan and Nari cuts out his heart and retrieves the seal. Shortly after, they are intercepted by Manizeh, who reveals that she is Nari's mother. Nari was apparently taken from her by the Marid as a baby. Manizeh tells Nari she can't handle the ring because she's a Shafit and tells her to hand it over. Nari throws a different ring at Manizeh to distract her, and then puts the real ring on Ali. Together, they both jump off a balcony and drop into the lake far below. Odd things begin to happen in Devabad. The Devas can't conjure their fire, and the magical wound on Muntadir begins to heal. The book ends with Dara questioning his allegiance to Manizeh and the now-fugitive Nari and Ali washing up on the Nile's riverbank, Nari's beloved Cairo city looming before them. Devabad wasn't Cairo the whole time, was it? <laughs> that can't but be... No. Okay. No, I mean, no, I mean, they're not even kind of close. There's like a, um, a cook they had to travel that so knows far Cairoian first, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, they had to travel there. Yeah, no, it's not, not Cairo. Okay, cool. Because the first time that I scanned over that sentence at the very end of the epilogue, I was like, "No, that's not what she did. <laughs> There's no way." It was. I mean, Cairo I see. Where, the whole I kind of see where you thought that. Now I'm questioning yeah. my own belief. There's no way because they had to There's travel no so far to get out of there. I mean, it's not. Like yeah, it was what just it's like. like, in like a Dara realm? was just like running in circles around Cairo or something. Yeah, like, not, and like, like, are they in Nari a different like known. alternate plane of dimension or something? I have no idea. But no, that was no. that was weird though. That um, at the end, like the sky was like cracking and stuff. That was a really good vision. Yeah. So here's what I think happened. Kind of, I, I'm I kind of want your advice on if you think this is right. I think that them taking the ring, which was not supposed to leave Davabad. Um, which, you know, they were told that the ring bearer couldn't leave Davabad, but apparently they can. If they do, though, it will destroy all the magic uh, inside of Davabad, which is what it did, right? I think that ring leaving destroyed the magical concealment, the protection, which is why the sky was cracking. Maybe, but also didn't uh, Maniza say something like her power was leaving Davabad or something like that? You call Maniza? Maniza is how I say it every time. I think it's Maniza. You're probably right. Maniza. Maniza sounds better. 
Damn. It does sound better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm pretty, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to find that out in the next book. Suleiman's ring is very, very important. It was so cool how it was in Gassan's heart. Yeah, how did he get it in there? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. Like what? Like that's sure one hell of a, like, make sure your kids don't commit. Oh my gosh. Coup, right. Cause like it doesn't yeah. really protect him from anyone else. Cause like they'll just like kill him and cut out his heart. But yeah. definitely protect them from his kids. Well, and like, you know, you 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 can the heart can never leave Devabad or something like that. It's like some saying. That, yeah, that, yeah, know, yeah. It made sense when I read it. Yeah, and it's kind of poetic or whatever. I do think that um and maybe you can help me confirm this. I think it was the Marid that helped that transported Ali and Nari to Cairo. Maybe, but also I don't I don't know how much the Marid are down to help. Ali either because he kind of asks them for help and they don't really do anything he has to call on like his own powers so I don't know because the Marid are they they stopped the curse on the water outside of Davabad anyway so I don't know if they're even there was it when did the curse go away was it the Marid who did that I think so it was right before um the, the tower the the yeah the Deva invaded and everything okay yeah so the Marid must have been the ones responsible for it Let's go over something real quick because there are there are a lot of, you know, morally ambiguous characters and storylines in this book, obviously, but I'm just gonna say I don't like Dara. I don't care. I don't care about his troubled Same. past or anything. He even mentions at the end, like, oh, I didn't even learn anything from and it's like, no, dude, you didn't. Yeah, you never you know? learn. Like, you always repeat the past and you have yeah. a lot of blood on your hands and it's not justified at all. And like, yeah, nobody's gonna look back it. and you'll be like, Well, he didn't know. It's like I would die for Nari, but I'll also like completely destroy this entire city and like not. He doesn't know where she is. He brings yeah. down like the entire. He could. She could have been in the Citadel Tower. Like I don't know. It's just right. And then he's like I, surprised when he comes across uh, Manizeth. It's stuck in my head, dude. I'm yeah. not gonna be. It's gonna be hard to get it out. Um, when he comes across Maniza at the end, he was like surprised to learn that Nari didn't that Nari attacked her own people, which was like the invaders. Like, really? Really? You're surprised to learn that she attacked the people killing the only people that she knows? Right. It's like, like you, you thought that she would immediately switch woman. sides because yeah. of some blood in her veins? Like, what? Yeah. I, I idiot. am not buying the Dara Nari ship here. I'm not nope. I'm not buying it. I I don't think it's bad writing or anything, but I just, I from the second it started, to right Bad now. character building. I just don't care at all about any of that. It's just it. It's never felt right. It's never felt earned. It's never fe- nothing. I've got right. no feelings at all towards that. Yeah, and I'm shocked that they do. Right. Um. I don't think Nari does anymore. Yeah. Um. Because let's talk about this real quick. I wanted okay. to ask you. Do you think Nari and Ali are going to hook up? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I said that at the beginning of the first book. Yeah, it's They're hinted at a couple times. Up. Like when she's riding behind Ali on that horse and she's like, she could tell that, you know, he had been training a lot and stuff. And it's just like, yeah. You, yeah, you're scoping it, out his musculature it's right happening now. happening right now. And she's yeah. like, he like making fun of him for be getting all dressed up. And she's like, but he does kind of striking. He does look really his good. His yeah. Real quick, a couple of my favorite parts just in general in the book. Um, I really like the part where Nari is trying to heal someone that keeps turning himself into stone. And she's like, she's like, I can't, 
operate on you if you keep turning your and he's just like but it's so peaceful i love yeah. this and yeah he's like it's so calm it's just like a great meditation thing she's like yeah well you're gonna kill yourself man <laughs> but i've thought that so many times that. like that is really uh, like, cool you ever been like super stressed out about something you're like oh, i wish, wish i was like a rock or like a cloud or something and i didn't have to deal with all this and yeah it must be pretty cool to be able to turn yourself into stone i just thought it was such a nice kind of break from like all the political intrigue and everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was like a nice little piece of world building, some magic and just, you know what I mean? It was that magical journey juice. Just Yeah, it was magical journey there. juice. It was really nice. And then another of my favorite parts was the conversation between Muntadir, uh, Zainab and Ali in that kind of like yeah, broom, in the closet. broom closet. I loved that conversation. I had that specifically written down as like a really cool time. And the first time we ever get to see the three of them talking alone. It's so accurate. Like I have siblings. Their relationship is one of the best depictions of siblings I've ever seen in a fantasy book. The way that Zainab and Muntadir and Ali interact with each other, they give each other these jibes, but they also obviously really care about each other. They call each other out on things. They're really honest with each other, but they're also kind of like hiding stuff. And it's just it's just like this perfect mix. I wonder if if we have Chakraborty on, I really want to ask if she grew up with siblings because I mean... yeah. She obviously knows a thing or two about growing up with people around your the same age totally. as you. And there's no other relationship that can simultaneously have so much hatred and dislike and so much love. Yeah. And like, like they will one scene will be like actively hating on each other. And then the next scene, they're like squabbling about like, well, together we might have like do a coup. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're planning out a, a coup. And I mean, when, when Muntadir gets hit with that, with that Zulfikar and you know obviously he's poisoned and Ali is just like oh my god oh my god I don't know <laughs> I oh fucked up so oh bad god. I fucked this up I'm the worst brother ever yeah and then Muntadir is just he just says we're okay like we're good and it was so powerful right there it was like then you know it was like kind of like a western kind of like colloquialism you know like we're good but it was it was very very powerful it was exactly right. the sentence that needed to be in there it summed up so much of their relationship and like where they were at that point like everything else around them is just so much bigger and so many things have been like outside of their control and it's like if it's if not an understanding it's at least like they're like muntadir is not going to die with a bunch of bad blood between the two of them and i really right. like that a lot even though muntadir oh man i hated die, him for most of this book oh yeah yeah and then he doesn't die uh, so okay let's talk about muntadir because i have okay i don't know i mm, eh. man not a fan i was like the, the only thing that i didn't like about jamshid was the fact that he's in love with moon i'm like how are you in love with this guy he's a prick he's disloyal he is the worst at every turn he's a drunk he's petty and mean yeah. and cruel He's really cruel. I thought it was like your kind of run of the mill sibling rivalry with a lot of, you know, history between them until they got to that scene where they were like the the archery competition. The arena. And he yeah. is just grilling Ali in front of like hundreds of of their peers of the court. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just like he Dude, sets up a scenario to make off? him look like shit. It is so brutal to read. It's just like and Ali is like basically in tears the whole t it's not just yeah. that this is happening to him but it's his brother the person that he was supposed to be serving for his life his he's going to be muntadir's uh Kaid, you know i mean it's it's just uh, which is a so really good. a really like profound situation an interesting situation right because like as a younger brother myself it's like 
the traditional feelings of the older brother is to protect the younger brother, but the job of Ali in this situation is to protect the older brother, which is like this really weird like setup, and that the it's like the society says the younger brother, it's your job because of your this position, but like just the typical relationship feels yeah. between two brothers and that is that the older brother does and it. So it was a weird kind of setup which i really liked it had a lot of strain and pressure and it was added a little bit of like depth and a lot of sadness to the yeah. story mutadir was weird because there were moments in this book where nari would be talking to him and it, it almost seemed like she was getting through to him and he was yeah. he was understanding her but then he never quite like crossed that line into full support and understanding and it was so difficult to read like just just get it man this woman is clearly the coolest person in this entire city yeah. <laughs> like easily i mean it's it's shown over and over like how much more evidence do you need she's obviously brilliant and beautiful and interesting and fun and cool right and you're just like ah I don't want to like, deal with you. Dude, I don't know. Get on her get on her good side. And when you become king, she's gonna do all of the work for you. And you can keep being a pretty flyboy, having a great time, whatever you wanna do. She's like the perfect match for him. So it's like treat her well, man. What are you doing? But maybe he knew. I mean, like, you know, Nari Nari's not gonna go out like that. No. She's not no. gonna do everything. I like Nari a lot. Um, I feel like her character in this book was it it was it was in such a dismal place for so much of the book that i felt like a lot of the like the really awesome parts of her personality just kind of had to be stripped away um which made a lot of sense obviously it just sucked to see her kind of like brought so low due to circumstances outside of her control even with all of that in spite of all of that um she was able to still take action and remain proactive with the naheed hospital and everything mm -hmm. like she's doing what she can you know absolutely one of the things that I don't know. I just kind of got a little annoyed with during this book was the like the heart of gold trope being used almost a little too hard with Ali. He's just like such a good guy and everybody yeah. hates him for it. <laughs> yeah. Like he's such a good guy and everybody even I mean, Nari takes most of the book to even come around to his side. He does good thing after good thing, being heartless and just trying to help everyone around him time after time and then like some rando walks into the hospital that he's helping to rebuild just to like chew him out and be like i hate you for your the fact that you're the son of the guy that like ruined my family you remember that scene yeah, he's in the hospital totally. and the gal yeah. comes in and the woman comes in and um just takes a fat poo on him it's like man he's trying his best like yeah, but I think that, um, so like, I, I totally hear you because I typically don't really like the kind of like too good of a person trope. Uh -huh. um, but I think that it, it works here because it kind of shows how fucked up everything else is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, he is kind of doing the bare minimum of being a good person. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's, I don't know. I feel like he's doing, hitting it pretty not, hard. Not the bare minimum, but you know what I mean? He's like, it's like, it's like to be a just pretty stand-up person and not have like ridiculous ulterior um, political motives and try and constantly to stab everybody in the back and get yours, that turns you into almost too good of a person in this setting. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's so fine. <laughs> yeah, it yeah makes I think him... the thing... Go ahead. I didn't like not like the trope being used. I think I just got so annoyed that like nobody could see it. Like right. the no whole one was city on his thinks side. he's just a pile. 
Yeah, nobody's on his side. Yeah, I was like, man, except for um, what was the town that he goes to? It starts with the B. It was two words like Ben Navrat or uh, Beer Nabat, I think. Beer Nabat, yeah. Yeah, they loved uh, him except there. for them. They were they were great. That's that's another thing about this that uh, I wish that. Okay, so we got to see some other areas outside of Davabad, but I wish we could have seen more. I wish we could have spent more time yeah. in Beer Nabat. I wish we could have spent more time with Dara, um, getting everything ready for this invasion. I feel like we skipped, not skipped, but I just, the title of Kingdom of Copper gave me the impression that we'd be giving, we'd be going to this whole other city. And for a good amount of the book, I was pretty bummed that we were still in Davabad. I was kind of just waiting to to leave at some point. But also, that is the name of the trilogy. It's called. Yeah, we're going to be in Davabad the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So obviously, it's not that big of a leap to assume that yeah. that's where we're going to be for a while. But I hope in book three, we spend some time in Cairo. Um, we maybe maybe just move around just like a little bit more because we're hearing about all these places, but we're not seeing them. Yeah. And, you know, Dara is able to travel around a lot. So I'm like, man, I don't know. But it just it, it feels like there's just this whole expanse of culture that we have still kind of yet to see. And mm-hmm. we're like 1100 pages into this. And it's a lot of David bad. But uh, again, that is what the name of the trilogy is. So it's a lot it's of David bad. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember like, yeah, like 60% through this book, I was just kind of like, okay, like, okay, I guess this is where we're hanging out. This is where the climax is going to be too. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So an awesome and funny notice. And then a question, the beginning of Ali's story where he jumps off the cliff onto the creature thing and then flies oh. off with him <laughs> yeah what the actual <laughs> hell is that game like what's the survival know. rate what's i don't the know success but I, rate for these kids that I was ridiculous yeah and they were oh, all it was cheering magical journey stuff. juice yeah. to the extreme but like oh my gosh yeah that was perfect i don't even really have much commentary on that other than yeah it was, it was awesome, awesome but like also ridiculous um okay so help me to understand the the relics so Suleiman Seal is a relic, but it's like the one ring in the relic world, right? It's like the one relic, but then all of the devas have a relic. So the relics, I think, have like their personal DNA in them, and they're enchanted with um, some kind of scripture or something. Okay. So I think it's like it's like a barrier against being enslaved by the Ifrit. You can still get enslaved by an Ifrit, but it'll like contain your essence or whatever. Um, so you, so that you can be freed, eventually. Oh, um, okay. I think that it's like a safeguard against that whole process. I don't think it prevents you from actually becoming enslaved by an Ifrit, but it like makes it so that you don't like dissipate right. into the ether. Because Ali was about to be enslaved. Yeah, by and, ring, it was, by the and ring. he was legitimately worried about it, even though he did have that relic. But I, I think right. that's what it is. I could be like a little bit wrong, but it, I think that's what it is. I okay. can't remember if the if the Gaziri are the only ones that have it, or if it's all the Jinn. I can't remember. Yeah, neither can I. I know that the Gaziri has them. And Suleiman's ring is a relic, or is it totally separate? It's a whole okay. uh, other-ass thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty sure. I think it's been probably pretty clearly explained, Um, but I think I hope that we go into a little bit more detail about Suleiman and the Ifrit. And, like, I kind of understand what all this was, but it, I think it'd be cool if Suleiman, like, appeared and answered some questions, honestly. I think that he'd be able to really sort a lot of this out. That would be um, so great. But maybe that's the kind of big joke on all of this kind of um, zealotry and infighting and factions and splitting everybody up like this is that, you know, you can't have that ultimate authority come down and, like, 
you know explain everything away you know it's it's got to be that opens up this whole other can of uh right <laughs> religious worms that we can get <laughs> right. into but we don't have like hours and hours to talk about it was it the first time that we learned that Gasan was in love with Nari's mother yeah I kind of had Let's a talk about feeling that. I had a feeling because the way that he reacted when Nari got into town the okay. first time he was so excited about it he was just yeah. like Maniza oh my god <laughs> um I do think it's weird that he would sign Kaveh on ha- after like their little feud over Me that. Me too, like, like to make him his grand vizier. Like I don't quite weird. know what equivalent our government has of that role, but I think it's pretty high up. Okay, so Gazan is a Gazan is a really interesting character, right? Because uh, his whole thing, like superficially, is that he's constantly trying to make sure and maintain like peace between right. these factions um and i think he really does mean it and control you know, yeah i think it's con- it's a control thing um but like i don't like so maybe that's why he assigned cave to that role is because it was kind of this okay see look i've got everybody in my cabinet here i've got everybody working in this administration we're Ooh, all big happy we're, we're all buds here um but gasan I'm glad he died, honestly. Me too. Um, he needed I, to go. I really liked him as a character, but for the story, I, he had to go. It was We were done with Gassan. Yep. Um, he wasn't willing to move on anything. Like He was willing to move on something if he thought it benefited the Gaziris, but that's right. not enough. Like That's not enough for a community like this. And I just, I personally just, I don't think he was a good ruler at all. He was very shrewd. He was um, awful. Yeah, he was just really, you know, I honestly don't think he really cared that much about maintaining a real peace uh, i think he oh. just didn't want the inconvenience of a lack of peace he's the worst when he's when he's talking to ali and he's like i have threatened you i've like killed the ones you loved i've sent you away i don't know what else to do it's like <laughs> dude uh have you tried acting in his interest have loving him talking like, to him yeah, at all? asking him what he wants maybe try anything besides being a ginormous dick yeah i'm glad he's gone now yeah, if we can too. only get Dara out of the picture. I know. Because I'm sick say, of Dara. I'm over it. I, I just, uh, we don't have to go back into Dara. But... I, I think you're going to be disappointed, man. I think he's going to come around oh, yeah. at the end and he's going to no. die in a blaze of goodness. No, I don't even want his, <laughs> his character I don't think he's going to like growth. double that because the comic book ends with him care. like questioning like, well, I know. maybe I shouldn't be following that person who's like totally willing to kill thousands of innocents to get her control back. <laughs> Dude, it's too <laughs> like, little too late. It's too little. You've had thousands of years to figure this out. and then, I mean, technically he hasn't, but what i'm being harsh he's had on more Dara, than enough time but i'm just sick of it i'm sick no of, you're like, not being too harsh on him he should have figured it out yeah like he's just like oh i love nari so much uh let's go murder everybody like yeah. i don't know it's whatever we don't have to get super deep into dara because there is a whole other book here and maybe some more things will be cleared up but for now i'm just uh, not on his side no not at, not all. at all i gotta say though man i was like shaking with excitement when the the coup begins to happen. Ali tr- gets all the guard on his side, and he then all of a sudden, Citadel. yeah, and then all the flies start coming in. And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, the attack is coming right now!" So we've got like the city in chaos already, like crazy things. And all of a sudden, a third player comes in, and I was like, "This is this is what I live. This is what I read for right here. These sort of situations is worth the." 1200 pages to get here like this is so great well it was so beautifully done too because it, while i was reading it i was like come on it's like this big giant festival like you guys don't see something happening here on this festival but of course not because maniza and dara are dead as far as everybody's concerned like nobody right. there's no real like there's rumors and stuff but it's not enough 
too. It's, I have it was, no idea. It was beautifully orchestrated. And by beautifully, I mean on paper. <laughs> because if you start yes. thinking about it a little bit more, um, even Dara like admits it to himself. He's like, I can't believe I signed on to working with these allies that I didn't trust with this magic that I don't understand. <laughs> to release this thing that I can't control on the people that I actually kind of love still. But like before the invasion, it was like, oh, this might work. You know, here we go. And then it just completely like falls apart like immediately. I did really like uh, Dr. Suba. She was really cool. Like yeah. able to like kind of rein Nari back and get her pointed in the right direction and just like good firm, cool head and gets it done. She was tough and cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the Shafit and Nari real quick. Um, I think that's a really important part of this book that I really don't want to overlook at all. Um, while the, the whole hospital storyline was a little bit boring to me, Same. I can definitely appreciate how important it is to all of this. Like Nari was doing it for totally altruistic reasons. She didn't have a huge political investment. It wasn't this selfish thing to keep her occupied or anything, though right. it did keep her occupied, but she just really wanted to help. I mean, she finds out there there are Shefit doctors and she wants to bring them into the fold, but she meets so much resistance. It really just like goes to show how much prejudice exists in this city, even though Gassan's whole thing is about uniting people and keeping the peace. Like the Shafit are treated like garbage. They're treated I think with whole so thing is much neglect. Control. Yeah, it, it is a control thing. I mean, but just like the revulsion, you know, like they're not, you're not even supposed to touch them. Skins? Yeah, you're not even supposed to touch them. Yeah. Like it's so messed up and it's so. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. And I'm glad that the city has kind of like disbanded and like it's crumbling and everything. Everything, this, this whole book is about change like everything needs to change we have to have this massive upheaval it has to happen and it didn't happen mm -hmm. in a very cool way obviously but um i mean these shafit are doing nothing wrong they're just total victims of lives. like yeah i mean like oh my parents one of them was a human and one of them was a jinn so now you're going to treat me terribly for the rest yeah. of my life like it's so stupid and it's all based on like this shaky kind of like you know, thousands year old scripture and it's just oh god. It's totally so like gross. misinterpreted. Like they even say when Nari heals one them, they're like, Well, this scripture, blah blah blah. And she's like, No, that's not what it says at all. It just says I don't remember the exact words, but not that. I don't know. There's just like so much elitism. Yeah. People love to be on like the side of the powerful and the side they of the good. Do. You know? Yeah, or at least to feel like they are. It's all mm -hmm. it's about like you know, you set up this society where there's always like a lesser and yeah, Shakaborty really balances all of that really, really well. So one of my yeah. favorite parts about these books, and I think that she's executing it in a really, really understandable and thought provoking way for sure. I would agree. A couple other characters that kind of rose to the forefront, this book that in my mind, I was just like, yes, go you uh, was Zainab loved her. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. And really then the good. mother hot, hot fit, hot feet, hot, feet. Hot, hot set, hot set. There we go. Yeah. Um, you were asking me before we started this, why, Ali went back to Davabad. Yeah. That was like one of the things in the book while I was reading it where I was like, all right, Shakaborty, I think you hit a little hiccup here. This is pretty stupid. Like this because is a cousin shows up and then poisons the well. And then he's like, I got to go back. So, so in my mind, I was like, wow, anything it takes to get Ali back, right? Shakaborty, like this is some pretty <laughs> shady writing here. Right. And then I thought about it more and I was like, oh, hot set. You know, they would have found a reason eventually to get him back in there. I think it was all hot sets like machinations because she wanted her son back in the city. You know, at least okay. that's what I thought it was. So Ali was just kind of coming to the, you're, you're saying that 
Ali has kind of came to the realization that like they're going to get me back somehow anyway, so I probably should just do it before that way is terrible. Yeah, like remember the way that his cousin was talking? Like David Bad is like in in ruins, you know, and and even Ali's just like it's not that bad there, man. Like right, and he's just like, no, you wouldn't believe how terrible it is. Like you have to come back. You're the only person that can fix this. And he's like, get the hell out of here, man. Come on. Uh, but I think Ali probably figured out that. They're just going to keep sending people to come get it. Right. Like, or, uh, and I should, by they, I mean hot set. Gasan, I thought it was weird how Gasan was just kind of like, oh, you're back. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. All right. Well, I guess we're a big happy family again. And, yeah. uh, you know, that was, that was weird. Okay. So, like, the guy poisons the well and, and then Ali captures him. Does he go back with him or does he, that one that has, has to take the taxes that the other guy was carrying? No, back he, to... he runs off. At the end of that chapter, he's like, uh, I'll deal with him when I get back. Like, go, oh, go get okay. him. Yeah, he doesn't. Okay, come, so we're probably yeah. going to get him the next book a little. I don't hopefully. know, though, because Nari and Ali are nowhere near um, Bir Nabat. They're in yeah, Cairo. So... Places mean nothing in these books. You can it's travel. True. You can move around. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice. Did you read? You didn't read Dune, right? You watched the movie? Yeah, I just watched the movie. And then I've watched the show back in the TV show back in the day. Okay. So, like, one of the big plot points for Dune is that uh, Dr. Yue, uh, which is funny because it sounds a lot like Kave. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Yue has, like, that poison, like, gas in his tooth that he's supposed oh. to, like, bite down on when the uh-huh. Baron Harkonnen is in the room. Oh, wait. No, no. Sorry. Yue doesn't do it. Does Yue do it? No, Yue doesn't oh. do it. Um, he gives it to Paul's dad. Leto Atreides. God, I can't remember everybody's names in this whole other series. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's a part in Dune where someone bites down on a poison gas like thing in their teeth. And right. I just thought in like, the presence of the rival head of the fam- yeah, family. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask Chakraborty if we have her on here. Um, like, did you lift that right out of Dune? Because that's right. Was that like flying chair guy? <laughs> it's like literally what Kaveh did in this, you know, but yeah, right. But a much cooler, honestly, a much cooler uh, effect. And, you know, the namesake for this book, like the kingdom of copper, you know, this poison that kind of spreads to all the relics and kills yeah. everybody. And it's kind of uncontrollable. And, and like, yeah. is it still in the castle? We never had a revolu- resolution yeah. on this death cloud. It's just still running around rampant. Really, really good idea on Chakraborty's yeah. part for sure. Same. And a cool way to take out the king. Um, also, when Muntadir shows up and Nari saves him by tackling him down some stairs, she has her arms tied. Can you imagine throwing yourself down a flight of steps with your arms tied up? Yeah, no thanks. Oh, and then they jump would... off of like a hundred foot wall. Yeah, yeah, that's a good man. I'd almost rather do that into water than throwing myself down a flight of steps with my hands bound. <laughs> like straight face action. I wonder if it'd be safer to fall downstairs with your hands bound. Because if your arms were if your arms were out, you'd be like instinctively. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be actually. But I mean, you know, you still might take a face full of step, which would suck a lot. Yeah, um, I really like the confrontation between her and Maniza. It was really good because uh, Shakaborty like really laid out mm-hmm. all the benefits of Nari joining her. Uh, I thought that was great, really, really good. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, I, I don't really like Maniza as a character very much. Um, yeah. She needed to be there. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, she's just not that deep. Um, we don't need right. every character in this whole book to be super deep, but Maniza. I wish that she had just like. I just wish she'd been a little bit deeper. Like I just, I just wish that yeah. she would have like or really, eviler. 
or <laughs> or eviler yeah uh i mean right she was like caught in this weird way where she was like kind of justifying but she's smart enough to know everything she's saying is horse shit so it's yeah, like yeah and she gave me kind of like the evil villain like join me and together we can rule the universe's <laughs> mother yeah. and daughter and it's just like uh, okay like this is so, uh, so like cackling campy. and mustaches yeah and... but like i said I, i'm not sure how deep she was supposed to be and i think she just worked really well for the role that she had yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, you can probably attribute a lot of different things to just trauma in these books. You know what I mean? And I'm not Straight saying up. that in kind of like a shockaboard is just covering her ass with all this. I really do think we've built up quite a bit of trauma with everybody. So you can kind of use it as like a salve on everything, kind of fill a lot of gaps in people's mm -hmm. intentions and things like that and people's oversights and their extreme action that they take with things. It's like there's always some kind of slight that they're remembering. There's always some kind of like justification in their heads for why they're doing the things that they're doing which is pretty close to real life and i'm starting to think that as much as i was kind of frustrated with a lot of the political intrigue in these books that's the purpose that it all serves right you have to really understand the movements between these tribes and these factions and the motivations that everybody has and like these deep-seated resentments that everybody has for everybody else for you to understand the motivations behind what these characters are doing you know if it wasn't for all right. this backstory and all this very intricate world building then the characters actions would kind of fall flat like they both like they rely on each other so so much so yeah i mean my earlier kind of critique in the first book of it being a little bit too politic heavy i'm kind of retracting that i think i totally get it now i yeah. totally understand yeah and it's definitely more a character it's not like a bunch of good people and bad people it's a bunch of people doing good things and bad things doing good things and bad things and that's very close to how it really is in the world okay i have a question for you that i i hope that i'm missing something here or else it was just kind of like what was jamshid i really liked him but he yeah. poisons yeah i thought her? that was like weird he wants to too. kill he poisons her. Well, he poisons he doesn't poison Nari. He poisons or, excuse Ali. Me, Ali. Excuse yeah. me, yeah, yeah, Ali. Yeah. Uh, and then... I thought that was weird. I, it was weird. He, that doesn't... That's not him. He's too nice of a guy. Because he loves... Muntadir, who's off, like, putting his... And every thing that like, moves. Wh why don't... Yeah, that was weird. I was reading How many along orgies do we like... walk in on Muntadir having? Like, the fact that she even still loves Muntadir is crazy, but, like... I don't know. It's... it's. Maybe they, I mean, they, they might have an arrangement. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's but... <laughs> true. That's true. Man, I just don't understand their thing. But, you know, I don't know. It just didn't hit. It wasn't something that he would do. I don't understand it either. I was reading that, and I was kind of like, oh, weird that Jamshid would do that. What did you think about the revelation that um, Jamshid and Nari were bro uh, brother and sister? Uh, I didn't. I did see it coming a little. Like, not, like, too far before, but I, like, had a little inkling that they were either going to be, like, closely or loosely related somehow. I didn't quite think that they were going to be brother and sister. But um, I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. His character is being developed, obviously. And um, I just think it's going to be a really cool, like, thing for nari to kind of live for like she has family that's not all bad and i think it's gonna like reduce her self-hate i mean it sucked that they were able to use jamshit as leverage so quickly after like right after she found out basically yeah you know, but I, she I doesn't go that's... for it no she doesn't that was really awesome um, uh -huh. i thought i thought she was going to Honestly, um, and actually, I actually thought she was going to side with Maniza <laughs> at the end. Really? There. I mean, she laid it out so well. It was so alluring. 
you know yeah um, she did she did lay it out well but like there was no way i was like no way i thought it would have made for a pretty interesting <laughs> third book it's like ooh, nari's evil now all right cool well yeah um, that would have been not, interesting obviously interesting. that's not nari you know yeah but, that would have been really cool like have, that, someone should write a book where it's like we get like two books of someone being a really good person and then all of a sudden just like is Awful. a terrible person yeah just like breaking bad but skips like four seasons and goes straight to the end <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd really like to see some more of Jamshid in the next book. I'm not really sure how much we're going to see of him. I have a question. Um, why? What happened with Muntadir? He just stopped being poisoned all of a sudden? What Was it the water? What What was that? Okay, so this is what I think happened. As the ring left the city, all the magic went away. And I think the magic, I think his wound, the thing that was killing him about that wound was the magical poison from the Was it Zifikar. magical Zulfikar. Was it Zulfikar. Was it magical poison or just yeah, regular yeah. poison? It's like magic poison. Because it's like Why on the blade and they, with, the, on... with the thought, it's like <laughs> it flares to like Why magical you fire. Rely poison? on magical poison when there's regular poison. There's like it's like relying on digital when you've got analog, you know. It's well, like, because you have to apply regular poison. <laughs> right. That's but magical true. poison, you can just like mind turn you on, just you know. Magic it. Bing. Yeah. It's like a lightsaber poison. But yeah, so the magic goes away. And so I think his the magic in or the, yeah the magic in his magical poison stops functioning so is muntadir left in devabad with yeah Dar- i was gonna okay, ask you yeah, what do you think yeah. his role during the, during the next book is gonna be it'd be i don't see why they would need him other than some sort of leverage to get them to get ali and nari back to devabad um, i don't know if he's captured because he kind of runs off does he run off okay i yeah, think so a lot yeah. of things were happening in that last couple chapters it was chaotic yeah. Yeah, so excited yeah like i i feel so much more motivated to finish this book yep. i mean because you know we we got caught reading some other stuff um and this book ended up kind of being shunted to the side a little bit we had um, an author on we need to read his book yeah and i had read like three or four chapters and it was pretty slow it was like five years later uh mm-hmm. nari's married to mutadir and you know, we thought Ali was going to die, but he's actually doing pretty good. And I was just like, oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm sure. so glad that we got this ending out of this because the beginning of this book made the 750 page door stopper that is the third book look really daunting. But now it looks like the amount of book that I want after finishing this one. Right. And we have our main protagonists off. I'm not in the middle of nowhere. They're in Cairo, but like they're way off the beaten path and we're going to get some like traveling. We're going to get Yaka back. I think I really liked his character. I was like, he's coming back. Let's get Yaka back in here. I love Yaka. So I was like, Yaka all the way. I think this next book is going to be a real winner. What if Yaka saves the day? Oh my gosh. That would be so great. What I, another thing I really, really liked is I, I dislike it where you have kind of like a real world side of a book and then the magic side of the book and you never see them cross over once the character is taken from the real word world and immersed into the magical world. It's like, so we just forget that like cars and planes and guns and stuff exist, kind of referring to Harry Potter with this. Um, but a lot of other books do the same thing. But Chakraborty does not do that because when nari gets attacked during the parade they're like firing at them with guns and i just like really liked and that stuff. yeah, yeah bombs, they just like they didn't forget about the rest of the world and it made it more livable more of a deeper world in my mind and i just thought that was a really clever thing to do yeah um while we're heaping some more praise on chakraborty uh i noticed in this book because it was so dialogue heavy that her dialogue kicks ass it's kicks really ass. good 
I think her dialogue and her descriptions mm-hmm. are really Even good. With multiple people talking at the same time, yeah. which is hard to do. I think that yeah, like Shakaborty's strengths seem to be dialogue and description, excellent. Uh, inner dialogue too is really good. Pacing and plotting is not my favorite like it's like it's not even plotting actually because the plotting is very intricate and very well thought out i think it's just pacing for me that we have multiple chapters where like things happen but it's just mm, like a lot of like talking about the hospital and stuff yeah um i think that the the pacing is probably the only thing that i can think of where i was like oh that crap that probably could have been a little bit better but that mm. and, and occasionally she has characters do things that i think are just not them like the Jamshid thing, Jamshid thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, I could see where I see what you're saying there. Yeah, and I, I can't think of any, but there's a few other times that I was thinking, like, man, that's I'll do one. I'll do one hard nitpick. Okay, <laughs> this is so petty of me, um, but I just noticed this. We've talked about this in other in other books, uh, especially Sarah J. Moss. Um, but did you notice the amount of times that she used the word plunged? <laughs> Yes. Did you I notice did. that? I hate the oh fact that I notice God. these sort of things now. Oh and I try God. to not because once you notice it, it, you can never unnotice it. Oh, yeah. It. I've like ruined books for myself. Because... Oh, dude, you've ruined books for me. Well, not ruined, but like I just. And I know Why do we even never, do a podcast? Ever notice those sort of things in books, but yeah. you started pointing them out to me and now I totally notice them and plunging all the time. Everyone's plunging. Everything is dude. plunging. Like it's just plunged. And They're I'm plunging I into kinda, sleep. I kind of <laughs> hate the word plunged now. Like yeah. it's. It's just like she plunged the dagger. It he plunged down the they stairs. Plunged they into plunged the into the water, and it's just like okay, okay. You know what that makes me think of is a plunger. So right, whatever. <laughs> doesn't I have matter. Some vulgar gestures to say towards the to have towards the word uh, doesn't plunge matter now. at all. Um, but yeah, we're gonna start wrapping up here right now. Uh, this has been a really awesome episode. I love talking about these books already. I mean, it's just the first book kind of. Uh, I was like, yeah, that was cool. And now the second one, I'm so, so all the way in here. Yep. You know? I'll just ask the obvious question here. What do you think is going to happen in book three? How do you think this trilogy is going to end? Oh, good question. They're going to, uh, let me just jump straight to the big, straight to the end. I think this going to, this book is going to end by Ali and Nari setting off towards the, the place that he was living and very happy at. Ben Nabat? Beer oh, Nabat? Yeah. yeah, because uh, I totally agree with you. And uh, Mutadir as king and Dara dead. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because there was like there were a couple moments in this book where Nari was like, go be happy with some kids and right. like a farm and Have stuff. And, like, and yeah, live. and it's like, hang on a second here. I think right. that's what both of you is that what you want is Um, that what you want and he was like sad to leave and there was multiple times too that he was like i should have just left (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even supposed to be here today right um yeah i kind of happen i i feel very much the same i think um i would be really satisfied with ali and nari getting together yeah it would make a lot of sense um i think it'd be cool if a lot of we need to see some sort of resolution with the shafit Yes. The societal issue needs to have a societal solution to right. it. You know, um, we need to see that figured out. That's, yeah. that's one and big I thing think... that I want. Um, but yeah, Nari and Ali getting together. Uh, Dara, uh, if he was just not in the third book at all, that'd be super cool. Totally um, fine. But he's probably going to be in the third book. Um, I think uh, Muntadir, I think Muntadir is going to die. 
Really? I, I think don't he's think... going to go through hell. And he's going to, through maybe. that hell, learn that the Shafit are people too. I don't think the Gaziri are going to be ruling anything at the end of the third book. Uh, who do you think let's, is going to be ruling David? Let's get Bad? the let's get the Turkish Turkestanis in there. I mean like the let's get some you know <laughs> we have fly Napoleon, he's like kind of on a crusade to expand. Oh, that'd be awful. No, we got to keep the magic. Napoleon uh, takes that. <laughs> well, what a wild ending that would be. That would be wacky. Alternate history Napoleon coming <laughs> in. And, uh no. Um I think yeah, like David Bad being uh more or less if not if not totally dissolved then at least like re-outfitted to accommodate for the Shafit would be really cool um mm-hmm. the gaziri no longer being in power we have a lot of book ahead of us it's really hard it's really us. hard to say like what's going to happen um i so think Maniza's, I, I think i think nari's going to kill maniza yeah before that happens though i really hope that we get a little bit of ali and nari like living the uh like outcasts like fugitive yeah. life and then like getting together a little camp of like like-minded people to like take over. i hope what they do is the same thing that dara was doing during this book. whoa yeah that'd and be then really they go cool. back yeah wouldn't that be oh, cool i didn't even think about that that's such and a then good they idea. also recruit the marid on their side like i hope that they're also used to take back over the city kind of like the, exactly and the Dara flying story. the flying creature guys the the air um the air ponies the air gym the ifrit yeah, no, not the Ifrit, the um, the 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 Pargen or like the, fuck, what is it called? The the Eagle guys. Oh, Pegasus. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking eagle about. Eagle guy. Oh, guys, oh, the guy the, that showed up briefly at the yeah, very beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wanna... I think would never be able to remember his. The fact yeah. that he even tried. It was, it was Kaiser like... or Kaiser yeah, yeah. Or wow, something wow like that. nice work, dude. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell is he? He died. Oh, that's right. He did. He die died right or, before yeah, he Dara died at the and Nari. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm peoples. I'm really excited to talk about book three with you. I think we're going to read that a lot faster than we read this one, and we'll have another episode up um pretty shortly on yeah. Empire of Gold. Man, what a cool series! This is really sticking out to me as one of the most unique fantasy trilogies that I've ever read. Yeah, the the things that just happened in this book were the sort of things that would happen in like the prologue of a first book. Yeah. <laughs> crazy i'm i'm very surprised she's got some work ahead of her yeah i wonder if chakra party is going to keep writing in this world i know that she wrote like i can't remember if it's a novella or like a companion our world book. uh <laughs> oh yeah well, i mean it's it's, it's, it's a it's world. magical world yeah. yeah um but i'm excited to see what else chakra has got up her sleeve yeah there's some some really good stuff here especially for a debut trilogy like this is ambitious and um, handled want really, imagination. Really well. not at all um, yeah, I hope that there's some big giant flying creatures and some big stomping creatures and more magic and more. I got my attack on David Bad City. I didn't get my magic carpet attack, but I Maybe. think that's coming. Maybe. Uh, I want I want to see more of the Carcadon. I want an army of Carcadons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Carcadon we'll see army. in book three. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to our episode recapping Kingdom of Copper. And definitely join us for our episode recapping and discussing the Empire of Gold, which would be book three and the final volume in the David Bad trilogy. Wow. So wow. such cool books. I am so much looking forward to finishing this series with you, my man. And all you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, we couldn't do this without you. Chad, I couldn't do this without you. And of course, happy reading, folks. Bye, everybody.